It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. What is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 Hit me! Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. We made it. We're here, finally. It's the post-game pod that we did not give you until Monday. After Lincoln Riley had already had his uh, OU Texas press conference, and that's kind of just because of schedule and the traveling, and it was just a mess, and it was Kansas. Maybe, maybe today is Saturday. Maybe they don't know that. Mm, maybe they've they, been... Uh, they've been asking, where the hell is the pod? Some people are, and that's very flattering, I would say, for a lot. so many people to want to know where it is. So here we are, and now we roll. Uh, OU does beat Kansas, uh, 45-20. to 20. I don't know how much you really want to talk about this game because it's None. OU Texas. I don't think None. there's. I don't think there is anything to talk about. It no. was probably. Uh, I think there are points of the game that can be talked about. Like I, I think like up to the point it was forty-two-seven. Yeah, I, I think that they were probably a touchdown away from kind of. I think what I was. I, I told you guys on the way home was kind of getting away with it. I mean, if you you get a couple stops there in the fourth quarter, you score another touchdown, and all of a sudden fifty-two to. Even 52 to 14 is even a number that I think a lot of people would have been like, ah, okay, we can live with that. But 45-20 just kind of has a, I don't know, it, it seems like a, a whole number. So everybody's kind of <laughs> just like, yeah, it doesn't look as sexy as a, as a, as a bigger blowout. And they play just bad enough that Jalen Hurts had to come out and give an opening statement today for his... Or, uh, that was interesting. Conference. <laughs> I don't. I don't. It I've was, never seen that before. No, it was interesting. And even Riley said something to the effect of they kind of had a team powwow after the game on yeah. uh, Saturday. Just as far as I put it this way, some and somebody even asked me on the message board about uh, Kenneth Murray's post game if he was pissed off after the game, and I don't think he was like pissed off by any means. But I mean, they were happy with the twenty-five point road victory, but. I think they were unhappy with how they played. They were a little unhappy with, uh, you know, just the performance overall. And if anything, maybe that's a little bit of a good news for this team going into the Cotton Bowl this week. It was, I would describe it as just a very strange feeling, like standing down on the field after the game was over. Well, it was a very much a, just get this over with. Yeah. Yes. We got three Let's and a half go hours. We already delayed. Just get this goddamn thing over with. Everybody was just standing around, just kind of looking like, yeah, okay, well, we can finally move on. This thing's behind us. It wasn't pretty. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Carrie's home phone. That's the uh, even, studio line. I didn't even know that people still had home phones. <laughs> yeah, you do. Well, I mean, I knew that you did, but... I don't. I, I have never once on my 
own thought, I need a home phone for anything. We have to have it for the studio. No, I understand that. I'm just saying, like, I would I would bet 90% of the people that build houses nowadays... We really missed an opportunity. ...don't to, have home phones. We really missed an opportunity to put a telemarketer on the pod right there. I probably would have been able to speak English. <laughs> like, if it had been, like, Highway Patrol... Oh, that would have been I, cool. I would have had to, like, give him money so I didn't look like an asshole. Well, I, I never... That's why I never answer those, because if I'm ever put in that spot... Don't you feel guilty, too? Well, it's kind of like, like the tipping thing that we've talked about. The last thing I need is somebody like going around on Twitter saying, like, Can't believe this asshole, Eddie Radosevich, tipped $2 out of Chili's. I overtip everywhere. You have to. It's just... You have to do it. Yeah, it's, it's what you sign up for. Not like we're famous public figures or anything. But no, but it would be embarrassing if somebody like let it be known that I was... Giving the pizza guy three bucks. Yeah. And I have friends that work in the service industry that I get it. It's tough. Yeah, you have very former roommates and stuff. Oh, yeah. I if get you, it. you stink, you get 15%. If you're, you're better than... I like, never give below 15%. Well, like, some people... Unless it's have been like awful. something like... If I it takes tell, a lot. Yes. I mean, like if the food is like not cooked or something and they were a jerk when you said something, like that... I just don't mess with people who make my food. That's one of my biggest rules to live by. Don't mess with the people who make your food. They can really mess up your day. So anyway, um, I think what, what I was talking about was just the malaise. You know, everybody felt. And this is this is what I said. This is I came to this. If I had written a column, it, it would have been this. You cannot win a football game in Lawrence, Kansas. You can't. There's no way to win a football game. In, like on the scoreboard, you can get a, a one in the win column, but you don't win anything really. I mean, you nobody's going to pat you on the back and say, ah, you did a good job beating Kansas. Like there's no, you can only lose. That's the only thing you can do when you go to Lawrence, Lawrence Kansas. And that's what got scary when Kenneth Murray went down early. Yeah. That's what we're thinking. Uh-oh. But then he came back later that drive. That's scarier when Brian Mead was standing in front of Puka Williams and he just blew right <laughs> yeah, past him. I mean, him. that was like, you could lose some people and the elements with injuries. Luckily, none of that happened. And we just sort of went to see with Ely and Swanson. There was a mini, mini meltdown on the board happening when Brian Mead came in and missed that tackle. Uh, let's just say the name Brandon Crow came up well, uh, on the on the live thread. A little depressing. It's clear he's the backup Mike linebacker. I mean, the way they've moved things around. But they around, love him. They've always loved they him. Have, but that's saying that's who they've got. I mean, they've moved Ryan Jones to more of that nickel Sam with Buki. Yeah, pl he's playing with, with Deshaun White. Yeah. Well, Deshaun White and us and Asamoah are your will. Now, Ryan Jones has been moved to where Buki and Aguebu are. Their middle linebacker backup is Brian Mead, and that's just, I mean, I don't know if they can survive that if Kenneth Murray just never, never gets hurt, but I think that's the one spot where that rotational defense, that's probably not going to work out. I would they'd make a pretty quick decision to move Deshaun White to Kenneth Murray's spot and then Ryan Jones to Deshaun White's spot. Well, Asamoa has been... Yeah, he's been really good. He's been I'm slighting him a little bit. Deshaun White's spot where Jones moved over, but, I mean, it's just... They they can't lose Murray. He's looked really good. I thought uh, Asamoah. Yeah, talking about him. I, if, he's if, been a very yeah. for a guy that like, and I guess this is just completely projecting. And I don't know like what the level of high school football he played was, but from a a private school in Columbus, Ohio, like he's a very sure tackler. 
I guess it, yeah. I don't know yeah. if that should be surprising to me, but I have I can't remember a time that I guess and really all those guys have uh, as far as you know like the the new guys, especially Asamoah and White. It seems like they offer an ability to tackle that they <laughs> Oklahoma it, hasn't had. They didn't in a while. have it coached out of them. <laughs> no, I, I like it, it's kind of a joke, but I know you're serious. Like it's a that's a sad state of affairs. It's it look if there's one thing that you know, I mean. Against Kansas, the third down stuff kind of reared its ugly head a little bit. Uh, third and long, Kansas started out three of four uh, on third down conversions. Then it got to like three and three of nine, and then like four of ten. I was keeping track of that most of the game, so they kind of got it back under control. And then you saw Parnell Motley look like the old Parnell Motley a little bit, but overall. I think one thing that is a fan that you can watch and appreciate and take some pride in is knowing that certain guys are developing like Brian Osamoa. Like, you no longer look at a guy that's not playing and say, well, he must be really worthless Yeah, if he it, can't even get on the field for this team. You look at the fourth quarter again, and that's when Kansas did a lot of damage. Uh, Jayhawks had that 98-yard drive, right, in the in the first quarter. In the second, After a brilliant punting by yes. Reeves Manchain. Oh, we talked about it Saturday night on the way home. Like, Reeves Munchain is one of the better because punters <laughs> out there. Munchow? Munchow? Whatever his name is, he's the punter. But he's good. At least, hey, at least we say his name. Tom Herman won't even talk about his punter. Yeah, that's true. And then they gave up 98 yards combined in the second and third quarters. So, I mean, that one drive sticks out like a sore thumb, and then they absolutely dominated during the second and third quarter both sides of the ball i mean that's when you're talking about the phases of the game like the little the portions of the game that you want to talk about that that would be it yeah that that was definitely a positive that you can take away out of it well the other thing coming out of the kansas game that you look at and you're a little concerned about uh is the offensive line because early in that game they were not opening up any holes either for jalen hurts or trey sermon or anybody and it took it took kind of getting the passing game going, uh, and you know Trey Sermon slowly got a little bit more. Jalen Hurts found some openings here and there, but then Ramondre Stevenson came in and really opened things up. But that offensive line, without I don't want to say without Eric Swenson, I'm, I'm saying mainly you know Adrian Ely, because I think what from what we've seen, we kind of had reason to question whether Eric Swenson was the answer or not. Uh, and I think our, he's better than Proctor though. The thing is, Texas probably would have told us that, but he's not playing against Texas. Right. Lincoln Riley, uh, again today, addressed his offensive line and how young they are and how they're learning and gave a very dire report on the future of Adrian Ely and Eric Swenson. Uh, so I think they've done, they've done, that we've been solid considering, you know, we, we started five different lineups in five games. You know, like I said the other day, it's not, it's not ideal, uh, but we've been able to survive a little bit early uh, with all those different lineups. And it's what it's given us is is more guys can play different positions. It'll give, you know, we wouldn't even have known, honestly, never really imagined getting to a scenario where Tyrese Robinson would have to play right tackle. And now we know he can play it, and he can play it pretty well. And, and regardless of where any of those guys end up playing, it gives you a greater understanding on the line. It gives you more depth. We've had a chance to play more guys. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of positives. Um, and uh, I think our guys have handled it solid, but we, we've got to continue to, to build there. Um, uh, yeah, Swenson and Ely, I would say both 
both uh, highly questionable for this game, uh, probably at best. And so we'll see how they progress here through the week. But it's, you know, I don't see either one of those guys out extremely long term. But it's also, you know, you know, they're, they're they're not they're dealing with a little bit more than a bump or a scratch too. So we'll uh, we'll continue to monitor them. You know, we're the group that we've played with. Did a lot of good things the other day, and we've got a chance to build with them. And if we can add any of those two guys, that would certainly be helpful. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> this guy. The always information calling him a liar. But, I mean, he <laughs> says things that aren't true. I mean, I think we would all three agree that, or at least I'll, I'll just put it, I mean, I would be surprised if they don't get Adrian Ely back. I never, tur- I, I know it was so s- weird how he, originally uh stated it as far as oh yeah it was week to week and then it was but it was indefinite indefinitely yeah <laughs> and then that threw everybody for a loop i just i never got the feeling that this was going to be a long long-term thing and i mean if he's out against texas that's what now four weeks counting three. the bye week or three weeks counting the bye week three three games oh no yeah three games but he could have get injured during the bye week. Sure. We, we don't actually sure, know sure, when, sure. when it happened. But, yeah, I mean, and when you've seen him down on the field, it feels like he hasn't looked down about things, right? Like no. He, it, he it's like pretty he, And he's not fine. a guy that has been, you know, like lumbering around. You can tell if a guy, like, has a, has a, a foot injury or a knee injury or a leg injury or yeah. whatever kind of injury. Like, they're usually nursing it in some way. Uh, Ely never really, unless it was – Unless it was like a concussion or something, and then you're just basically kind of getting into uh, basically us trying to throw things out there because we just don't know. Yeah, and if it, it gets into concussion, that's concerning because yeah, if you're multiple out, if you're missing concussion yes, things, absolutely, you're on the verge of having to give up football. Sure. I mean, if that's the case, but Which, and I, I haven't heard that. And there's nothing that would make you think like he didn't leave a game because of a head injury or anything yeah. like that. So, but a lot of times that stuff will happen in practice, you know, more so than in games. Uh but no, I was told Saturday that he should be back for Texas. Uh I was also told that uh Eric Swenson is going to be out for quite a while. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Eric Swenson this year. If Ely returns and we all believe he's going to. Does Tyrus Robinson Go to left tackle, or does Ely go to left tackle, and Robinson go to right, or is Proctor still a better option at left tackle, and then put Tyrese back at right? For guard? now, it's Proctor. For Texas, so? it's Proctor because they haven't worked Ely at left. Uh, and you know, when we'd asked Bill Biedenboe, you know, back when the season started, he he, I think so. He was asked. He said he's a right tackle. He's our right tackle. Like it just. Sometimes it's like left-handed, right-handed with that stuff. I mean, Bobby Evans had a hard time making that transition, didn't want to. Uh, it's just the way that it goes. I mean, it's just he doesn't fare as well on that side of the ball from the times that they've worked him there. But I, I think the real question is, is Bray Walker, have we kind of learned that he's like the weak, weak link of the offensive line right now? It might be a little unfair to say weak link, and maybe it's not even unfair. Maybe I mean, R.J. Proctor's a weaker link. I just maybe not ready, glaringly not ready. <laughs> is that yeah. is that an easier way to put it than than weak link? I just I don't know. I mean, we we kind of talked about this on the way home, just as far as like, and Bob, you saw him in high school. Bray just kind of almost where's the nasty? Well, it just leaves you wanting so much more because he's so imposing. He's such a big 
monster looking kid, everything just doesn't seem to be not I don't want to say not clicking, but it just it you're just left wanting more. I don't know any other way to say it. And the other thing that people always ask about, and I'm sure a lot of people haven't heard us talk about this. We've talked about it a lot recently. Eddie, you've mentioned it a bunch. But people are like, Where why can't Michael Thompson do this or do that? Like he doesn't even dress. Like it's the weirdest thing. Like he doesn't dress for home games. He doesn't travel. He doesn't like their road, they're traveling offensive line, like they don't have a whole lot of guys. I mean, they just don't. I mean, they got uh Finley Felix, uh Stacy Wilkins, EJ and Domo EJ Ogar. and Domo Ogar. All three of those guys have played the last four games. It's clear they are not going to right shirt. And then you've got uh, Ian McIver backing up. I'll put it this way. Like, Michael Thompson, this is how little I've seen the guy. I would have a hard time recognizing who he was. Yeah. Like, you know, you have all those guys standing out over there on the sidelines usually. He's not in that group. Like, he's on the team. I'm not saying he isn't. There's just that weird group. He and... and, uh uh, Marcus, Marcus Hicks, Hicks is another one that doesn't. I almost feel don't like ever dress up for anything. They got to transform their bodies. I, maybe the move from defensive tackle to the <laughs> offensive line. Benny Wiley's like, you don't look good enough in a uniform. You're not putting this goddamn like, thing on. You're, you're not who we you need to be. And I think like I think Marcus Hicks probably moving inside. And I, I don't I don't know why you wouldn't dress him out even on home games. But I feel like those are guys that are going through that body transformation and they're yeah. losing this year because of it. It's not a. It's not the situation that is most desirable uh, for Oklahoma going into this game, and I don't think that you know Texas. Uh, they don't. It's the best front seven they've probably played all year. Creed talked about that this morning, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know they they could have whoever out there. The fact of the matter is, maybe outside of the Big Twelve Championship last year, Oklahoma's gotten their ass whooped in Texas in Dallas. Yeah, yes. For what the last six seven years, and physically beaten. Right. I mean, they they've won a couple games. They've been that three time, and but three, but it hasn't felt like. It. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lincoln talking. If you want to go that, last ten, that it's seven and three, and it feels like <laughs> OU's had the least amount of success down there in the last decade. And Lincoln talked about that today. You know, the the first game he played in, he felt like was the worst game that they'd ever played, and. It's it's one of those things like even Bob didn't want to admit it, but you know they had been getting pushed around for a few years now, and it's they they finally kind of found their way last year in the second half, made some big plays, got back in it, but defensively they've been terrible. They've let I mean just like you know letting Case McCoy beat you that one year. Yeah. I mean it's just. It's maddening to see it if you're an OU fan because oh, they, they the the fight has been brought to them and they've been hit multiple times and have not responded the way that I think a lot of people and a lot of would let's face a lot of times re- would, would respond. Texas has had the emotional edge going into this, yeah, game. absolutely, because they had nothing playful. Yeah, or you know, OU was yeah OU was was uh, you know high on the hog or the heavy favorite or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they still are this year, but it's not as much, and it feels like what was it like twenty one or something last year. Uh, I'm not sure. No, I think it was. It was, like, it was a couple. I think years it was like it was fourteen like or something. It was. It was like seventeen I mean, something. A couple. Uh, three 20, years ago. 2015 had to be bad. Yeah. when they were I, one I, and I, four I think it was, going in. I think it was sixteen or seventeen. Okay. I, yeah, something like that. Uh, but this is the first time where you feel like maybe OU's players have the emotion with it too. Sure, like, they're not. 
having to respond to Texas, they're going to bring it to them. Well, and we'll we'll see. I mean, this Finally. is this is the type of thing. This is the type of game that you know, for whatever they've been saying for the first five weeks of the season, that you know nothing is good enough. You got to get better every week, even when you you know you kick the shit out of South Dakota or whatever. Like this is the week. If if you're about to talk, you come out and do it. Is it not? And this is when last year, Monty Bledsoe said they came out flat against Texas. And I think we all just, what the, what the how heck? Is, is that even how, possible? What? Yeah. Huh? If, if, you, if you can stand there this year and say that the fight isn't, or that they came out flat, like Alex Grinch might slit somebody's throat if, if he hears somebody say that. Uh, there is one thing that might have OU fired up before this ever begins chair of the uh, Horns Up for Peace movement sitting across from me right now. Lincoln Riley was asked about Horns Down, and uh, I think Eddie has brainwashed the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners, maybe. Uh, Lincoln, at at Big 12 Media Days, the director of officiating basically said it depends on whether Horns Down is going to be a penalty or not. I know you guys dealt with this, you know, last year, uh, especially before the Big 12 championship game, but how are you handling that with your team before this Saturday? Yeah, we won't. Our our players won't do it. So our players won't do it. Just, Just like the Big 12 game. Terrorism is one. Uh, or logic, or wisdom, <laughs> or humanity, peace, love, no, the tenderness. Truth is, what about this? Uh, what about this hand gesture? Well, that's the shocker, Carrie. Yeah, that's but what, it that's also Arizona is that fu Texas. If you really want to look at it, leave the gateway hand gestures to me. <laughs> we do. You do remember after the Big Twelve championship game was over, it was out like crazy. Yeah. So if OU is to win this game, you're gonna that photo celebration. That golden hat, you have nothing but horn. I just, it, it's still like, and I know that we <laughs> talked about this last week, but it's, it's just shocking to me that a, this is a thing. B, that we have to ask about we have it to, at too. press conferences yeah. because it's a storyline. C, that the Big Twelve even deemed this something that they had to respond to about uh, way back that when. This is unsportsmanlike. Like. And, I mean, if we want to go into a Big 12 roundtable here in a second, too, at the end, I'm more than willing because Oklahoma playing four straight weekends at 11 a.m. is absolutely ridiculous. Like, I know that – I know the ratings. I know everything, why they do this shit at 11. Mm -hmm. But It's Fox Big Noon. On on homecoming weekend for – I think it is homecoming, right, on West Virginia weekend – Everybody's either, having theirs right now, so either regardless, I think OSU's the week before, and then OU's is yeah, no, it's in two weeks, so yeah, I think I'm pretty Dad's sure it day is. was the last home or game. Parents' week, whatever they call it now, I'm sure that that I'm sure the words homecoming offends somebody in today's day and age, but some people don't have a home to come to, Eddie. Yeah, well, you know what? Get out of your goddamn cardboard box, <laughs> walk down, stop panhandling over at On Q on Twenty Third. And go get a job. How about that? You have Let's your on there. queue on 23rd. We have our... Uh, entire city of Norman. Entire city of Norman. I mean, Just where, whatever, so whatever street corner. Like it, we are, Norman is, is like, it's become a gateway for the homeless. Like people, the homeless people move here because we're so nice to them. And we build them sheds to live in and stuff. Forget the border. We need to build a, <laughs> we need to build a damn wall around the state. No. Now we're going to evict our, our own homeless. Yeah, send them down to Houston. 
Um, Take that, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Josh. Didn't think about that. It's too hot for them in Houston. Maybe they'll just keep migrating north. With Wichita would be a great place for a bunch of vagrants. Which, by the way, homeless people with dogs, that makes no sense to me. You know what they're doing. Well, I mean, you know what you're, you're doing there is if worse comes to worse and you can't find food at some point, you always, you always got an out. Never get never get too close to your dog. So not only do they have dogs, that's that's chapter three in the Mike Vick autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, they have dogs, but they can't get too close to them in case they got to eat them. Exactly. Okay, so that was such a weird tangent. I don't even know where we well, started it just, from. Uh, the horns down thing is just oh, ridiculous yeah. that it, that we're even uh, that we're even here. But yes, it is a big week for uh, horns up for peace and. Uh, you know, I guess we can do it on Wednesday, but I think we should all take a minute and have a moment for Jeff Ketchum at some point. Maybe a little moment of silence that we could start the unofficial 40 this week. There, you just got it. <laughs> well, I didn't participate, so we'll do it. I want Josh to be a part of it, too. So, Are you currently blocked? or I mean, Still is, blocked. You've been blocked since last year? Yeah, when he was talking about my penis and just got weird after that. You then both. I then I made the the funeral video and it was all downhill after that. Yeah. But he knows that you I both love played him. a part. He loves me, so I know that for a fact. Um, I did see that you uh, tweeted at him, which he couldn't see because you're blocked. So I think somebody will probably get that message to him. By the way, I will say this: I don't think Sam Ellinger is going to be talking any shit to Jalen Hurts if Texas wins, like he did to Kyler Murray. I think. Jalen Hurts won't be like Kyler if they lose, because I thought Kyler initiated that last year. Oh, I mean, there's right? there's no doubt that so, Kyler yeah, Murray is one of the sorest losers you to of all time. Take the L. I mean, that's so. Do we ever really no, know if what Baker was did said? That, we'd love if Baker did that. OU fans would have loved it. That's true. It's fair. I just I'm that, just saying. I thought that whole thing being think, a jerk to to Kyler Murray is a lot different than being a jerk to. Jalen Hurts. I think there's probably a mutual respect, I would say, between the two. I mean, I, I don't think they've ever... The the thing that... I mean, I guess it was different with Kyler, but I always thought that, you know, the thing with him and Baker is just because I think they legitimately just don't like each other. They're from the same hometown. Oh, yeah. They, mm-hmm. Both the, the thing kids. with Kyler is, you know, I don't think it was any secret around here that... Or around anywhere that you know, unless you're in the inner circle with the Murray family, Kyler's probably not the most likable person. He doesn't, and he doesn't even really try to be. So I guess that's that's nobody's fault. Well, and the whole thing about you know when they when Kyler was at the podium and they asked him about Sam Ellinger and he just refused to. Yeah, I just. What was it they asked? Did do you have respect for him or his game or something like that? Yeah, I forget what the exact yeah, quote was. It, it was, was something just like that. Yeah, that's right. And, I mean, it is what it is. I think, you know, Kyler Murray's a little bit of an asshole. I don't think anybody that... I'm not telling anybody anything new. Right. But he's my asshole, so stay back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so you get through, you know, the press conference today, the horns down stuff. I'm going to clear some stuff out here as we go along. Uh, The offensive line, you know, We'll see on Adrian Ely. Uh, but Lincoln did, I mean, he is trying to prepare his team, and he was asked a little bit about 
things that happened last year uh, and, you know, the, the the play specifically that was brought up was a little Jordan Humphrey play where it was like third and 14 and he dragged basically the entire defense like five yards to get the first down. And there were a lot of those kind of plays, but also Lincoln said, you know, there's no need to focus on that stuff because we had some plays of our own. But uh, and here he is kind of talking about that. Just the momentum swings in this game that it's a real thing. Like it, and especially the last couple of years, there have been some huge moments. The Mark Andrews touchdown toward the end. Wait, well, yeah, that was twenty to nothing. Yeah. OU, and that was 24-23 Texas. Yeah. I mean, that was a they took strange the lead. One. Yeah, yes. and then OU threw the. And then last year with Kyler Murray and the what was that eighty yard run that he had toward the end. Texas coming back and Dicker the kicker, uh, kicking the field goal. But uh, here's Lincoln Riley just talking about the swings in this game. There's going to be momentum swings in this game. There's going to be guys are going to make great plays. I mean, that's there's a lot of really good players on a field, a, a game that's extremely intense, uh, that's important to, to both teams. Um, there's any game we've – I'll only speak on my, my history or my time with it, but, I mean, any battle we've ever had with these guys, there's been a ton of momentum shifts back and forth. There's been a lot of great plays by both sides. They've normally come down and they've been all been pretty close games, you know. So, I mean, that's a reflection on that day is we've, we needed to make one more of those that we didn't make on any side of the ball. So, no, nah, not that play in particular. Again, there's a million to look forward. We're – we're focused on this year's version. Obviously, a lot of things have changed for us, as have, I'm sure, them, and totally different set of circumstances. Just the venue's the same. That's about it. And one of the things that, you know, could cause a huge momentum shift are penalties. And penalties are officially a problem for the OU football team. I even mean, not even if it's not the horns down version, yeah. penalties are a real problem. It's a problem enough that if you don't get it corrected, it will get you beat at some point and cost you a chance at winning a national championship. Because I think It'll that get we're you third and forty-two, third and goal from the forty-two or whatever it was. And that was amazing in a, in a, in a <laughs> sense. Like I've never and people forget that Kansas also had one of those too, didn't they? Of uh, yeah, it wasn't third and forty-two, no, but it yeah, was it was something obnoxious. And then the thing that was bizarre is that. Yeah, they punted the ball back, but they still scored a touchdown with like 31 seconds to go and before halftime. So it didn't, they ended up making up for it. And boy, I don't know that I've ever felt Lincoln as pissed off as you could feel him from the press box when they were trying to get when they were calling all the timeouts and Kansas was trying to just run out the clock. I mean, I truly feel to that get the ball back. Gallimore tackle for loss on Puka was the play of the game because that allowed that was a third third down and five and Puka had been running all over him pulls them down they get the timeout and they're able to get the punt punt return by cd and then the touchdown i mean that little string of events is what officially ended that game yeah but lincoln actually you know he said that they're gonna try some new stuff this week in terms of what the heck could you do working with penalties we've got some uh ways that we're going to attack it a little bit differently here this week. I don't know that I'm going to, you know, as is my nature, I don't know that I'm going to sit here and spell them all out for you, which is exactly what you're looking for. But, um, um, yeah, there is. I mean, you can't, if you're not getting different results, then you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over. And so uh, we're, we're, we're going to attack it a little bit differently and uh, put a premium on it. But, like I said the other day, 
uh, I'm not going to take away their aggressiveness. You know, we're, you know, there's, we, we, we're good enough to do both. Multiple holding calls has nothing to do with being aggressive. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like, I mean, what is the, the breakdown of their penalties as far as holds as opposed to well, Jaden Davis got a, or a, uh, after the after the yeah, play. Type what's stuff. a pre-snap? What's a hold? What's a attitude emotion? And like what's I don't a execution. I don't feel like they've had a ton of stupid, just stupid penalties. Yeah, like yeah. over aggressive type stuff. I feel like most of it's been just boneheadedness. Boneheadedness. I'll take it. it I mean, there's like the the fight that Jaden Davis got into. Part of Motley standing over people. Jayden, um, the thing about Jaden, luckily for him, is it went against Kansas too, so they offset. That's yeah, right. But, right, but, right. But yeah, I mean, that's you know, you can't do that. So no, part of Motley had that you know pass that pi on third and long where he just mugged the guy the yep. entire way. That that's, was a mental. That's the kind of stuff balance. that will right. get you beat this weekend yeah. in a close game, like a, extending a drive. Uh, for instance, I think wasn't it Parnell Motley a year ago that extended the fourth quarter drive? I think they would have Texas would have had third or fourth down and long coming up, and then they had the uh, PI in the fourth quarter on the Texas sideline that extended the drive for Dicker. I think was that not? I, I think you're right. Yeah, was I that do. not I'm, Parnell Motley again? I'll, I'll go back. I mean, we can. I, I think I can you're look right. It up right now, but yeah, that's the kind of stuff that gets you beat. If you don't make a penalty like that, you get off the field, and who knows what happens. Kyler Murray probably drives you down, and you win the game. And you go from probably the – and, you know, I guess in the long scheme of things, maybe they should thank Parnell Motley because that got <laughs> Mike Stoops fired, and then the rest is history. But uh, Which, uh, by the way, uh, if you're listening on Tuesday, happy one-year anniversary. Hashtag FUMS. Ugh. I don't want to go back there. I'm like Lincoln. I know. I mean, you, that was one of the Lincoln first was actually times. asked about it. And, you know, like, I no. Can, <laughs> I can understand why he was asked about it, just because it's something to write about. Oh, it's so, you Texas Week, it was a pertinent. big story last year. Uh, and Lincoln clearly did not want to go there when asked about it today. I don't look back at it anymore. I mean, it's over. I've answered 5,000 questions about that game and all that before. And I, I, there's, find that. I, I don't oh. have any new answers on it. Um, I. Uh, I'm excited about where we've headed as a program. I'm excited about the way we're playing defensively and our um, and the progress we've made. But obviously, you know, you're you're only as good as your next performance, and so this is the next one for us. And we plan to go and go play well. This this entire play-by-play box score from last year is just atrocious. <laughs> it's insane <laughs> what took place in the third and fourth quarter. Uh, I mean, I've watched back a lot of games from last year. The, the even later in the year, the Oklahoma State game. I mean, just a travesty to watch. I mean, watching uh, Trey Norwood just get blown by by Tylen Wallace over and over and over again. You know, my, my thing about last year, I know Riley loves to point out as the great comeback. I thought Texas just phoned it in a little too early. I think they just which Oklahoma did that the year before you know, start to r- run out the clock at 45 24 like all right let's get out of here and then before they knew it they were back in the game I didn't think the defense played that much better in the fourth quarter that spurred on the comeback there's nothing on the last drive maybe I'm completely make oh yeah there is yeah there is second and 11 
Trey Norwood. Trey Norwood. Uh, pass incomplete to Colin Johnson. It was on the le- on the Texas yeah, side of the that. field. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you don't make that, in which I believe there was some discussion or argument that it was a uncatchable ball. But if you, you know. it was, I remember that play being a little sketchy. Like it could have gone. It could have gone either way. But they probably called it. Or, yeah. And it goes against OU DBs every time because of their history. That, at least that's what it feels like. It feels like those guys don't get the benefit of the doubt based on what their track record has been. Sure. And well, you know what's so but, if you get a stop there, it's third and eleven. Who knows? You but know what's bizarre. What, besides the point, you could argue that Kansas tested OU's DBs more than anyone else has done this year. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, With they probably balls. did. Yeah. I mean, I mean that one. That, South Dakota tried, but they couldn't. They just don't have the. They don't have the guys that could be able to do it. Uh, I, I tell you what, let's do. Uh, we got to do something real quick. Got to pay some bills uh, because the fine folks at Eskridge Lexus sent us to Lawrence and Style this weekend. Eskridge Lexus is all about embracing the best. That's why they are the official travel partner of the Soonerscoop.com podcasts. So it's time for us to recognize the Sooners best with our Eskridge Lexus player of the game. All right, uh, we'll do player of the game, play of the game. We can do some stock up, stock down here uh, going into Texas. But uh, over the weekend, not only did I get to enjoy the luxury of the new 2020 RX 450H SUV, Mr. Eddie Radosevich. Sorry, Ed. Um, Sorry about that. Uh, Got to drive it home most of the way from Lawrence. I didn't wake up, so it must have been a pretty smooth ride. Oh, we were... We killed it. We killed that drive. You guys were put watching, on your baseball uh, and yeah, baseball we're listening and to football. some baseball, watching you weren't my watching Tulsa, Tulsa Hurricane win, uh, <laughs> but they didn't win. They were up thirty they to nine. It. You would think most teams could, but it was a uh, a very smooth ride, and I would give it the Eddie Radosvich approval. I was sixty two degrees the entire drive. I loved it. Yeah, it was a great drive. I was gonna tell you like you could turn it up. Like I noticed you were at sixty two, and I was like, you really like it that cold. You freak show. Uh, I love it. I love the cold. Which I like. I mean, I like it, but I was like at 68 or something. I mean, you don't want the alternative. 62. You want it 62. Uh, Anyway, the the new 2020s, uh, they they have made some upgrades this year. Apple CarPlay and uh, Android Auto compatible. Uh, the, The car that we drove, the RX, the 2020, uh, it was a hybrid. It's got the best miles for gallon, uh, best miles per gallon for midsize sedan, and it's also you can see why the top selling luxury hybrid, uh, thirty one city, twenty eight highway, uh, and uh, ours was a beautiful uh, white pearl, eminent white pearls was called. So look, here's what you do: go to EskridgeLexus.com. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, that are looking at these these cars, families, and things like that. Uh, give Ed Eskridge a call over at uh, EskridgeLexus.com and uh, 405-755-9000 is the number to call. Uh, tell them that you're a Scoop Podcast listener, that you uh, enjoy the website, you're a subscriber, whatever, and uh, they will do a special deal for you on uh, any Lexus that they have in stock on the lot. So uh, pays off if you're uh, in the luxury car market to listen to the Scoop because you'll get a great deal. So EskridgeLexus.com. Uh, check them out also, 405-755-9000. Just go give, give them a visit, 700 West Memorial in Oklahoma City. And thanks, Ed, for the for the wheels, 
made the trip uh, spectacular as always. Okay, so I, I play the game, player the game. I don't really care. I mean, you mentioned Neville Gallimore. It was, you know, that was a ho hum game. I'd say Ramondre Stevenson's my yep. player of the game. He's he stock was, up. Yep, <laughs> he's he everything. Was, he was definitely a guy that I think as this season progresses is going to get more interesting as far as what they do. Obviously, I think Kenny Brooks. Um, I think, I mean, would we all agree he'll play this weekend? There's no yeah. doubt about that. Uh, I, How you divvy up those carries, though, is starting to become an interesting conversation. Like, I, Especially when Jalen's taking some of those carries. Away absolutely. Like, I, I think that Ramondre Stevenson, he might be the best running back on the, on the football team. And that's not a slight to Trey Sermon or Kennedy Brooks. Like, I think they're really, really good. But, but I think Ramondre also- Stevenson has a little bit of a Damian Williams factor to him. I think you've mentioned that before, Bob. And it's just, hey, you got to remember, he signed early, and that spurned Texas. Texas wanted yeah. him in January, and he said no. So if we get a chance to talk to him tomorrow, that will be something I bring up, see if he says anything about it. Well, here's the thing. He he gets that benefit like Trey Sermon got when he was younger when he gets to come into the game late. And you could see those Kansas players were not ready for him to come in. Like, people just went up to him and grabbed him by the shoulders, like, thinking that that was going to be all they needed to do to bring him down. And he would just, like, get the F out of my way. Not quite. Yeah, I'm... You're going to have to do a lot more than that to get me down. And he was just bumping off of people, you know, using his speed that is always... I mean, that's the thing about Ramondre is, like, we still really haven't seen him get caught from behind. Like, and that was something with Damian Williams, too. That was... It's like he has... As big as he is, you wouldn't think he could be that fast, but he just runs away from people when he turns around that that corner. Uh, and I don't know how much more you know we can heap praise on him, but like, just he makes cuts and he doesn't slow down. It's it's really impressive to watch him run. He will run you over. Like he is a he'll run around you. He'll run you over. He's he's just a very talented running back. He's a very talented guy with the ball in his hands, and uh, you know I, <laughs> it's it's almost. I guess kind of it's kind of messed up that I'm going to say this, but like my only doubt about him right now is still as he gets more carries, can he hold on to the ball? And I don't know why. I, I guess in That's a way true. Sermon and Brooks no have kind of proved it to me. Like you don't over know the past years, what a junior college kid went through that year. Like, sure. did he ever really get hit to where he would sure had to fumble? I don't know. I, and this is just, I guess me being even a little paranoid about it, but I feel like, Stevenson's the guy that all of a sudden he puts it on the carpet twice at the Cotton Bowl, and oh, that no. obviously that changes a lot of things. Like, I don't think Oklahoma fans, as good as the quarterback play has been, uh, and I, I guess you could say this even overall as far as the offense, but they carry the football very well. They did not turn the ball over very often. So just go ahead and blame me when OU turns the ball over seven times this weekend. All right, um... Let's go around. Uh, let's go defense. Start there first. Eddie, give me a, a stock up and a stock down on defense for you. Uh, let's go. I guess we could start offensively. Let's go stock up. What'd you say? What? You said start start defense. Oh, did I say? <laughs> no, no, no. I said offense and defense. Offense and defense. Yeah. I'd go either or. Uh, defense, I'll go Brian Osamoa. I do like what he's done over the I think he's starting to build a little bit more of a resume that you can trust the guy when he's out there which I think is only an added bonus considering where this linebacker 
uh, group was. I don't know if we and can call bring it bringing a, a little yet. punch with him, which is yeah, nice to see for sure. And, and you already said Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson for offense, and if if you really want one more, I'll go uh, Braden Willis. How about that, Bob? Let's see. Stock up on defense. I keep talking about him, David Aguebu, since he's got the start, and it's clear that they're back to that rotation at Sam and Nickel. It used to be Caleb Kelly and Will Johnson. Now you're looking at Buki and Aguebu. And for him to be the true freshman that's out there starting says a lot because he wasn't even a mid-year guy. So the leaps and bounds that he's made, that's that's going to be nice because I think he can make that position work because it's clear Buki just can't get it done in run support. That's, yeah. not, that's not a knock on him. That's just a how little he is he throws his body at you and if he doesn't hit you he just whiffs so they need someone bigger Aguebu's going to fill that role and I thought he did a good job Saturday and we'll see what he does against Texas in terms of stock down I I mean it it wasn't just much of a game really anything kind of happened I'll go uh, even though he just hasn't done much Kenneth Mann I'm sort of waiting for him to show that he can be one of those senior leaders that can make a big play he hasn't really been asked to do it just yet but he also hasn't done anything of note through the first two games that he's been back by the way here is your uh your question to lincoln riley about and i'm about david aguebu and i'm gonna make the promise right now i'm going to learn how to spell his last name eventually he's been mentally able to handle you know learning a, a new defense um you know, being able to bounce around a couple of different positions, so the kid's been really impressive mentally. And then, you know, he's 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 a guy right now that's that flashes. You know, there's there's just some flash plays of his ability. Where you're like, man, this this guy could, you know, has a chance to really be a good player. And uh, let's combine that with a guy that's smart and doesn't bust too much. I mean, it's a good start. You know, we we you know hope as he continues to grow that it becomes more and more flash plays, and then feel like that it will be. But He's uh, his work ethic, the way he carries himself. Um, we, we felt like he was ready for it. All right, uh, for me, I don't know how much further the stock can go down. I guess I have to say Parnell Motley just because I've championed him this whole time, and I finally brought Josh McQuiston over to my side. And so I guess I have to, if I'm going to be fair and objective and balanced, I have to point out when he doesn't play well. You know, the best thing Fox about Saturday. News. Yeah. Is that after that pass interference call, which was, I believe was the first drive of the game, it didn't snowball for him. Yeah. He actually made a couple of plays, and he got shoved on one that wasn't called. If he would have cut he that interception, I, yes. I wouldn't be doing this right now to you, Parnell, Piedmont. Uh, I'll go with another stock down offensively. <sighs> Boy, um, I'm going to say the entire tight end group i mean they're out there on the field it's just i feel i feel i there's a, a little well, now bit i of, feel like an idiot for going stock up for Braden willis well he's h back he's, a, he's oh, okay. back you're safe you're just i'm okay. saying grant calcaterra lee Moore. i always yeah. just count all those guys together in one good one unit that was and crazy, i think that you know what it's probably or well the back men are saying that grant calcaterra's big coming out party is saturday they've just been holding them back I think it's 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 not as much a reflection on them as it is on Jalen Hurts. That's a weird game because the leading receiver had two catches. Yeah. What uh, do you I mean, what do you think OJ <laughs> Howard did to uh, Hurts at Alabama that has hurt him so much? 
That is crazy. I guess Lee Morris did have one catch for 19 he, yards. I mean, and I get Grant had one he? catch Calcaterra for 19 yards. Calcaterra had a catch. Morris had, but yeah, but the Calcaterra catch was basically an That was out the third and goal of, after at the, the 48. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. It was a 19-yard catch. but It didn't they mean were, anything. Yeah. <laughs> they were playing back on the goal line, so it shouldn't not, even count. Not only, okay, because it was third and goal at, four, at the 48, so they get the 19-yard gain, but then they had the 15-yard penalty, so it went back to the 44. That's right. So it didn't even matter. You know, both of them had more yardage than Charleston Rambo did. Bob was sitting in the press box, <laughs> and he was like, this was late in the game. This was right before we had to go down. And he's like, does Charleston Rambo have a catch at all today? And I was like, I don't think he does. Very next play, Charleston Rambo catch. It's like, all right. So, so it, was, it was a magical moment. <laughs> it's like, just tell me who you want me to give a catch to. It was just such a weird game, and... I, you know, I, I I saw some people talking about this, and I definitely don't even think that I subscribe to the idea. But it is kind of weird that Riley will use his like quote unquote trick plays against Kansas, against crap teams, against against the the bad teams. You would think that it'd be the other way around. Like you'd want to save that, wouldn't want to put it on film. And I don't know how much. Like I could see Riley like not even really caring that it's quote unquote on film. But it is surprising that he uses so many reverses and stuff. But they're all the same. Those. It's just reverse passes to the quarterback. That's like. Do you think that he does that because he just doesn't feel like they're disciplined enough? Probably. And he can just catch him in a. Yeah. Like, didn't and they have got, the Dimitri a, Flowers throwback uh, against Kansas two years ago? Or, I mean, uh, four years ago? Yes. In the, it was. his first year? He about got, or did, Rod, did Rodney Anderson catch that? Flowers that scored. I no, I think it might have been a flea flicker. We're talking about two different plays. I think you're talking about the one against Houston where Flowers had no. Nixon I'm thinking wide of the open. one where Baker was like backed into a corner, looked like he had nowhere to go, and he like flipped it to Anderson, who just burst open. That that was in Lawrence. That yeah, I the, can't remember that. that I was, was talking the about the one in Norman. You're talking about Iowa State where they did the whole State. the thing with they Baker to Shepard yep. back to Baker yep. to yep. Flowers. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And Iowa State was shit at the time, so yes. it qualifies. This <laughs> it qualifies. Absolutely. Which qualifies. I, I, they still might be. I don't know. And is, maybe is, is that an antiquated line of thinking that you save plays for te- – Does that Probably. even ha- – Does that happen anymore? Is that no. just a thing of the past? I think – Like, it, I, sa- I saved this trick play for Texas. Yeah, I, I think that that is definitely a 100% old take on my part. Well, there's – I mean, there's tendencies. I mean, like, you know, if you decide to run a, a fake kick or something like that, you notice something – in you know in film study that you could take advantage of so that stuff happens but i mean yeah usually i mean there's trick plays where you just you hope to have them and then you see an opportunity you really need a a boost or something sometimes and you know maybe that that kind of signals too that oh you just wasn't clicking on all cylinders offensively and that you felt like they might have needed something oh i mean they when you when you run into the problems that they have from an offensive line standpoint, it seems like that is the beginning of a lot of things. And, you know, they really what they average yards per rush on Saturday. It was pretty good because of the second it, half. Yeah. And I, half the 61 yard or well, puts it out of yeah. out of whack. Ramondre Stevenson, uh, he, he averaged 21.8 on his own. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Average per rush. 7.2. Yeah, see, that's kind of ridiculous. It was 14 for 24 at halftime. Less than two. And wow. p- part of that is because of C.D. Lamb and Hurts losing like 30 yards on that one play alone. Sure. But yeah, it went, wasn't pretty. Hurts went down to like one yard or something. 
after that series. It was ugly. And then Jalen went crazy in the second half. He had about 60 yards or so. And yeah, and he probably had, what, 40? Probably had, like, 40 on the first drive. Because mm-hmm. he picked up 24 on the third or on the second and eight. It was him and Sermon to start that second yeah. half and just kind of, all right, we're done here. Uh, by the way, yeah. Oh, if, and if we want to do one more stock up, can we? Yeah, and I've got one maybe if you don't. If you Offense? Don't. Nope. Okay. <laughs> not thinking of the same guy then. I was wondering. We're not uh, on the same wavelength. I, I, think, I thought Saturday, if anybody, if you want to point at anybody outside of Ramondre Stevenson on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Jaden Hazelwood continues, yeah. it feels like, to, he's, you know, he, I think he had two catches that were both for first downs. Both if move you throw the sticks. it to him, he's going to catch it. Yeah, and it, I think that that's a positive. Can you do it now against a worthy opponent? That's a good thing you're we'll bringing see. up is now he's getting the first down. If yeah. he doesn't get catches for like six or seven yards, I mean absolutely nothing. Guess what I'm going to do this week in my game prediction. <laughs> Hazelwood's going to get 100 it's yards? Hazelwood's breakout <laughs> performance. Oh, I thought you were going to say get it in on time. <laughs> no, that won't happen. <laughs> um, not with a short week. <laughs> At least we're being honest. <laughs> I got freaking Bebo Bash Friday morning. Oh, man. It's going to suck going down to Marietta. Hey, I don't think I, I'm going to make mean, I love, one rule. I love Bebo Bash. I love the people. I'm going to make one rule. We can't bitch about anything OU Texas related this weekend because the weather is going to be so good that I don't feel like we're ever going to get this again. So we need to take advantage of it. I really want to go by and smash up some of Bosworth's Dr. Pepper fried pies. Right in front of his face. Do so you usually have those down there? No, you know Dr. Pepper's having their Fansville, Fansville. thing, mm-hmm. like at the that exit where the oh, Arbuckle Pies is. Yeah, trying I didn't to know mess that. with our Bevo bash bastards. Um, so yeah, that's the only reason I'd smash his pies. Not because I hate Bosworth. Sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> I know it does. Sm- like something smash from Urban his Dictionary. pies. <laughs> um, God dang it. So anyway, uh, Lincoln Riley kind of wrapping up his press conference today. Uh, I know this is something that has you very triggered, Eddie, even though we kind of like it because we get out of there and get our work done for the most part. We didn't leave Kansas's parking lot to like 6, 630, something like that. So, I mean, we have a long day, but it's better than going to bed at 4 a.m., and uh, Lincoln Riley was asked about 11 a.m. kicks. It was announced today that West Virginia will be 11 o'clock. And kind of a bad week to ask him about that stuff because, you know, it's the te- it's OU Texas. But uh, here was his response. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, our, you know, we're obviously totally 1,000% locked in on, on this one this week. So um, is it ideal? No. Um, but that's when they told us we'll play. And, you know, we'll we'll figure out the recruiting end of it. We'll make it work. And like I've said before, they just it doesn't matter if it's six a.m. in the parking lot. They just tell us when and where, and we'll show up ready to play. And so you go to Baylor, which could be your biggest game. So that would be a really good recruiting weekend. You won't have. You go to Oklahoma State. Might not be that big of a game uh, if Spencer Sanders keeps turning the ball over like he did Saturday. Uh, just guaranteed a loss in Stillwater. Going to TCU, which shouldn't be a big game. I mean, that's why they made Houston a big one. They yeah. they knew they knew when the schedule came out of TCU. So West Virginia, yeah, I mean, Iowa State weren't playing up to a high level. Yeah, there was no mark no marquee home game. 
coming. So up Iowa in State basically play. becomes your last big marquee game. Maybe unless they just start. You might just make it that way because you have to, even if the Cyclones aren't at that level. You, you just did like yeah. like a couple of years ago with Texas Tech for homecoming. That wasn't a big game, but they made it. They brought Buki, Ronnie Perkins, Deshaun White. They made it that way just because it was a night game, and they didn't care who the opponent was. They might do that again this year. I would bet Josie is going to somebody, and they can at least use this four in a row to say, "Hey, we won a night game." the Iowa State game or we want to after you know something that's not 11 a.m. because they, they'll be at Kansas State and then by week and then Iowa State so the, it, they've got a while to try to do politicking and try and try to get this time set for them. I just don't understand how a uh, conference as a whole can be okay with the idea and I get that 11 a.m. games are you know quote-unquote national windows but to not have any type of presence at night, at night is weird. just that's insane to it's really me. weird i almost think that is like and i'm i obviously i don't run a conference i don't work for an athletic department so maybe i'm just completely in the wrong but like i don't see how that's a good thing to not have it's, any type of social footprint and we know that it, you know talk about social footprint we know that the big 12 is not going to send anything out on twitter because the people that run that are morons okay um i could run the big 12 account for sure I'd have double the amount of followers. Yeah, have. I mean, it's it's it, you're a victim of circumstance because your TV deal. I mean, if yeah. like you notice a lot of these teams that have night games, like was it Kansas is playing Texas next week? Yeah, and that's on the Longhorn Network. It's, but network. but to be a night game, it's on the Longhorn Network, and like you look at the SEC Network, they have you know that gives them two thirty windows and six o'clock windows, uh, and same with the Big Ten, like. Having your own network now is the only way that you're getting night games on a consistent basis. And the Big 12 not having its own network kills them because they're they're reliant on ESPN and and ESPN like the Oklahoma State game versus Kansas State ESPN Plus, but it was six o'clock. I mean, and that's what happens when Fox decides they're done with primetime. Well, if Fox wants yeah, to go, what, what 11, Fox is like, well, we got baseball, and the other thing right. is. We're not going to beat ESPN. They're just like we're not. We're just not. We're, we're surrendering the night to ABC. Because you could make the argument that all these eleven o'clock games, like Texas Tech, like West Virginia, would have been the six p.m. Fox game, but Fox isn't doing that now. Right. So that's where you are in the Big Twelve. The you're you're getting a nationally televised marquee game. It's just at eleven o'clock. By the way, I I'm probably missing something here. But maybe I'm not. You tell me. But the whole thing, and it's always been this way since I was a kid. The merchants, the merchants, the merchants. Like, is there a part of you that's like, why do we always have to, like, when did the merchants become like a a, a sacred thing? Like, I, I'm sorry you have a business that relies on seasonal sales. Maybe you should have a business that doesn't. Oh, I don't know how that would work. I mean, I'm when I talk about merchants, I'm not really talking about the stores as much as the bars and stuff. There's always going to be people at Logies, though. Yeah, but they twenty four seven sugars. Well, sugars isn't <laughs> open at ten a.m. in the morning. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, that's not. There's not like a, a breakfast buffet at Sugars on game day. Got to gotta let the uh, 
Got to let the pregnant dancer sleep at some point. <laughs> uh, I just it. I don't know. I mean, I I think that. But it's just like it's just that the, whole thing of all being, the merchants, the merchants. I think the merchants are part of the. It's an extension in a way as far as. It's just bullshit for the fans. Like, yeah, no, I agree wants with to that. Get up at eleven a.m. I agree with that. It it's sucks good for, for the us. fans, and it. But like, who cares if hotels can't now gouge you for two nights in a row instead of one? I think that's part of the spirit of college football, isn't it? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Lubbock, that you won't be able to charge me three three grand, you know, or three hundy for a shitty courtyard. Or I don't think they're part field. of the merchants, though. Like, I. It's unfair. Are you for just talking these, like campus these, corner? Yeah, like is these that, campus corner bars about? are basically they're doing well, but I mean we're talking probably thirty, I'm forty thousand dollars. I'm sorry, ladies who opened up dress shops because you were bored at home aren't gonna, you know, make a killing on game day. I think they're gonna be doing fine. We got online ordering these days. That's but, the other thing, like th- online sales. Like, well, if there was a way that I could get. Two Coors Long Necks at ten thirty <laughs> via the internet. They're pro- I probably would, and I think there probably is. Yeah, it's called Postmates. Yeah, or Grubhub. I do wonder if you have a six o'clock night game. How busy is the traffic like from eleven o'clock on at night compared to eleven o'clock game from like four o'clock on? Does it balance itself out because people want to go home for a six o'clock game at night? As long as people don't drive their train or their cars into trains. Oh, yeah. oh, if you do that, you're an idiot. <laughs> I think you, some, we've already seen it. Oh, I know. It, it happens way. It happens In way Norman, too often. It happens once a month. It like I, like I now. don't know how that happens. I just don't. I, I, I've never understood how somebody gets hit by a train. Do you not love watching videos like the Russian dash cam videos on Facebook? Yes. Those suck me in every time. Yeah, but it it also, like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, these people are Russian. How did they rig our election? (laughs) Like, how did this happen? They can't even drive on highways without jackknifing trucks and tipping over, you know, cows. Like, I I do understand, too, for 11 a.m. games that, in a way, like, I could probably spin it from a recruit standpoint if you had no trouble being able to get to Norman by the morning for the kickoff, like I think it would be a better situation if you were a recruit getting to hang out with the players all day, uh, actually getting to kind of do something at night if you wanted to, if you wanted to go to a party or whatever. Like I think that that would be better than a seven o'clock game because there's usually there's not a whole lot of shit going on at ten thirty or I'm mean, not a whole lot. I mean, I get it, but to a lesser extent, also the coaching staff isn't going to be worried about sure. You. They're folks on the game. If sure. You play at 11 by 3. I mean, sometimes that's why, like, Lincoln will cut his pressure short. He wants to go deal with recruiting yeah, to hang until out that game's them. over. It just, I and I get it. I, I'm one of the people that says you need to embrace the uh, 11 a.m. kickoff. But at the same time, like, I think that four, four 11 a.m. kickoffs in a row for a school that is now basically the 11 a.m., like, I used to make fun of Big Ten teams that that were the 11 a.m. kickoff, but that's just kind of the reality of the situation, I guess. For OU yeah, right you now. always had that game that was like, it was so bad in the Big Ten, it became like a dis- a massive disappointment to go from like college game day to, to that. this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Miami of Ohio and Indiana. Like, damn it. 
But yeah, I mean, eleven o'clock is the new window for Fox. Wisconsin, Wisconsin always played at eleven. Yeah, they always do. And they they are still playing. And they're you know they're team in the running for a college football playoff. They should milk the cows. I'm sure at Camp Camp Randall. Yeah, making all the cheese late in the afternoons. I think that that's when you well that's when the best cheese is made in between four (laughs) twenty and four twenty. All right, Um, so. Texas, here we go. We're now we're gonna do a the regular unofficial forty will be on Wednesday. Uh, I apologize that you know we did not get the post game pot up until uh, today. There's travel plans and then everybody's schedules just didn't match up. When I think we we had full plans of doing it in the car on the way home, and it just didn't. It just it was weird. Too many wires and I think this one's better. We got the uh, the Monday press conference yeah. in. We were able to talk about what Riley said today. A couple of the players and uh, and we'll have Grinch and the players on Wednesday for you. Yeah, and it, I and whoever on Tuesday. I don't know who will who will get, but I kind of liked it this way. This is I think a good kickoff to OU Texas yeah. week, which is personally probably one of my favorite weeks of the year. So you cover games at Kansas to earn the right to cover OU. Texas. <laughs> right, you, you earn your badge. <laughs> in kansas to be able to get validation to get into this one and you know we were talking about like just the different changes in i wish i knew you guys felt like that momentum i would have just not gone to lawrence you should have come or you you did come i did (laughs) i was the one driving you around for the most part until i made eddie do it well i technically probably drove more but no you technically you went from tonawa to Tawanda. Tawanda. We all got out, took a knee, had a moment for uh, Jordan Phillips. My God, he is getting into it with Taylor Lewan. Who? Jordan Phillips. Where? On Twitter. Oh, why? He said... Uh, he said, Oh, the Bills and the Titans played yeah, each other over the uh-huh. weekend, didn't they? He said, was glad Taylor Lewan could make it back to help contribute to my three sacks. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, and the then... Tennessee Titans are terrible. And then Taylor Lewan started going after uh, the guy from Clemson. Um, God, what's his name? He, he said... He called him a first-round draft backup. Uh, Taylor, and, the Titans, they're like one and three. What's he doing? He's pissed off. The third and, then, one and, three. and then I saw where Jordan Phillips this morning put up the article about Taylor Lewan in PEDs. Oh. So, yeah. Uh, that got personal really, really quickly. I said if I, I've met Taylor several times. He's a super nice guy. Uh, he hangs out with our boys uh, from the Kings of Leon. Wait a second. Games, you meet Taylor Lewan, then you start doing male performance enhancement commercials on the radio. Did he give you steroids? I would be giving him steroids. Would that, oh, yeah. That that's, would work? Technically, yeah. yeah that's, I guess that is true. But, uh, no, I, I I said my advice, and this is mean, but my advice would be to answer Jordan Phillips with, hey, great game, buddy. I didn't even know you were in the league until you made those three sacks the other day. It would, I guess the Bills won. They got the last laugh, though. Yeah, they're four and one. Bills have only lost to the Patriots. They got a good defense. Got Baker tonight. I might be handicapping this completely wrong, but I think the Browns are going to win. Like I thought that was a season-defining win last week at Baltimore. But if if they lose tonight, it's a it's like a three steps forward, five steps back type thing. And they're underdogs, so they're catching some points. So if you're hearing you know, this before oh- the game. You know Odell is going to want to go off tonight because he did not have a good game last game. 
be interesting. I still, I guess we still don't really know what this Browns team is. You know who's really, also this has really helped with the whole Brown situation and Odell Beckham and the turmoil? Sterling Shepard is playing fantastic, and Daniel Jones loves throwing the football to him. He's definitely benefited from it. Did he uh, get hurt in the game? Because I saw he's on concussion protocol today. I guess so. I didn't, I didn't know catch that. that. Yeah. I didn't either until I saw that this morning. When I got up Sunday, the first thing I did was went to see the Mason Rudolph hit because everybody was talking about it. That was another that was so scary. That was another. I think I tweeted it too. That was another one of those moments that I've sat there on a Sunday and just been like, and I love football. Like, don't get me wrong, but just sit there. And it's like, God, like I. This is so uncomfortable to watch, and this happens basically once or twice a weekend that you see uh, somebody get hit and it's like mm, this is very very uncomfortable it was i mean it was the the worst example possible of or best like how helmets sometimes just don't matter it just oh like there was no helmet you could design to stop him from getting knocked out no and there's it, it it's kind of like uh what was it oh two weeks ago when uh, that Thursday night game, the the Packers game, mm-hmm. and uh, God, Packers. Oh, Seattle was it? Seattle? I think it, it I doesn't think matter. It was. I think it was Seattle. But there's like nothing you can do. Like the friendly fire stuff is. Oh yeah, when just, the two ran into each other. I don't know what you can do about that. Yeah. Well, you. I mean, it's just getting up, getting underneath those chins. I mean, there's that area right there. Yeah. Well, I was happy to see screwed. that he was okay, and it sounds like everything's gonna check out and he's gonna be fine fix your damn carts pittsburgh oh my god that was so that's so embarrassing i will say though the uh guys in helmets without the face mask on is really funny to me <laughs> like he got hit so hard he got knocked back into the 50s i saw no but just like people walking around without face masks on look really funny to me yeah by the way i will never call anyone in at 5 a.m just to fire them just so you know i saw last night that Somebody, uh, I think Nate Barstool or somebody I follow on Twitter was like, yeah, I'm hearing like, this was at like 9.30, that Jay Gruden's at some bar in, you know, somewhere around D.C., like buying people drinks, saying that he just got fired. And sure enough, this morning when I woke up, it was like, Jay Gruden's been relieved of his duties. So it will be uh, be interesting. I'm excited for this week, though. I think that uh, everybody knows that the Cotton Bowl is... We can we can talk a little bit about it with Josh on uh, beer has never tasted on Wednesday, as good as it does outside the Cotton Bowl. It, it's the best. It's the best experience. The best place to watch a game, even though it's a, it's a it's a what it is. It's a shitty it's a shitty complex, but I it's our shitty complex, and I wouldn't want it any other way. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be a great game. The eyes of the nation won't have game day, but uh, they're going to Florida, right? Uh, since if Auburn would have won, probably would have had game day again at the Cotton Bowl. But Sam Ellinger's going to be there. Jalen Hurts is going to be there. Tom Herman's going to be there. I don't know if Zach Smith has complimentary tickets or not. Uh, but Lincoln Riley will be there. It will be there. So uh, looking forward to it. Wednesday we'll be back with the unofficial 40. Hardcore OU Texas breakdown then. Uh, but we hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to Eskridge Lexus. Uh, once again, for the wheels this weekend, go check them out at EskridgeLexus.com. Uh, and also, uh, don't forget, get that uh, OU credit card, MidFirst.com slash U40, U40, uh, on the, our uh, presenting sponsor for the Unofficial 40. So thanks to Eddie, 
Thanks to Bob. Sorry we couldn't make it work with Josh, but he had mommy and me swim day, I guess, apparently, again today. I don't know if he wanted you to say that news, that he's he might be going transgender. He's going to be a mother. <laughs> he's having a uterus installed. All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys uh, back here after OU Texas on the Eskridge Lexus postgame, but we'll be back Wednesday for the unofficial 40. So go like, subscribe on the various pages that we have out there on the Internet. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to SoonerScoop.com podcasts.